heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. It was back in 1983, President Ronald Reagan was speaking to a convention in Florida. It was the National Association of the Evangelicals. It's a Christian uh, gathering, if you will. And this was, I believe it was the second time he had referred to the Soviet Union as an evil empire. Uh, he had used the phrase at the British House of Commons back in 82, and there's a history then of him using that phrase. And in fact, we got to know that. We branded it accordingly as the evil empire uh, is how he branded it. And uh, of course, he, he did a, uh, you know, he really developed this uh, concept. I mean, it's been used before in our nation, but he made it popular, uh, peace through strength. You know, uh, he made it very, very, uh, uh, you know, rogue, very popular to say peace through strength. And we, we started to embrace that uh, as uh, that there, there was a reason he was putting that out there, that it wasn't weakness that was going to draw these cats uh, to do the right thing or draw them to the table of conversation. But uh, it was through tough love, I guess you might say. Right now, just shortly there later. Uh, this was uh, President George W. Bush, who, of course, was, as you know, one term president and, of course, followed uh, Ronald Reagan was uh, was there, though, had a front row seat uh, through all of that as the vice president for Ronald Reagan. Uh, and uh, he uh, used the phrase axis of evil. In fact, it was George W. Uh, was the first one to use that phrase and put it in context, the axis of evil. Now, what was he talking about, right? So he was talking about Iran, Iraq, and North Korea. And, of course, Iraq was a big part of Bush's uh, presidency uh, with uh, Desert Storm and all that had taken place there. But uh, President Bush had used it in the State of the Union Address in 2002. And this was, keep in mind now, uh, after the 9-11 tax, uh, so that was September, so this would have been the State of the Union, about four or five months later, uh, he made those comments, and very clearly, they were very purposeful at that point, friends. Uh, so today, I'd like to frame the conversation with you, friends, as there's a new axis of evil in town. It's a new axis of evil. And we're going to talk about that axis of evil today uh, in a bigger sense. And some interesting predictions we'll make on this as well. Uh, so welcome in here to the voice of a nation. It's Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly. And so we're going to do some geopolitical work today with you all. And, you know, what I'm most afraid of with some of the conversation we'll have today is that uh, my sense is a lot of this gets lost on the American people uh, in an election year. It gets lost because most people don't have it as a, a pressing uh, subject. It's not on their front burner, more or less. It, it, it's really about the direct impact in their lives. So they don't see it, most people, as a direct impact unless something has transpired. 
You know what I mean? It's like uh, it has to have a direct uh, correlation to your life. That's why we say the kitchen table issues or the uh, economy or the wallet are typically what is going to be people are going to react to. But I have news for you, a news bulletin that's not far of a stretch that you can imagine. If this axis of evil uh, is it continues on the path they're on, and if they go unchecked uh, in foreign policy, as they are doing now, uh, there's a price to pay for all that. And then that will become a front burner issue. And you, we will pay a price, in other words, is what I'm suggesting to you. So there's a lot to this. And I think people really need to pay attention. Uh, Join us on the program today will be Ilana Friedman will be here. Uh, Ilana's a veteran intelligence analyst, so she she lives and breathes this stuff, uh, studies it very closely. Uh, she gets a lot of intelligence in. Uh, she uh, studies a lot of terrorism around the world, that sort of thing. And of course, Ilana, you may or may not know, she trained in Israel. Uh, she actually grew up with her sons there, her family. Uh, she lived and worked there for over 16 years. So has a pretty good lay of the land out there in the Middle East as well, uh, which is, of course, the center of a lot of these conversations, you know, when it comes to this uh, kind of talk we're having here. Uh, so this new axis of evil, what are we speaking about exactly? It's the, it's the uh, as Alana puts it, it's the realignment of three nuclear countries, all of which consider... America, an enemy, probably enemy number one, in fact, you know, and then you have to think about the sensibility, uh, you know, would they use a nuclear strike? Uh, many of these people, I mean, you know, you really have to question their, their mental capacity or you know, if they're put in a corner like a Vladimir Putin, uh, how would they come out or would they strike accordingly and use a nuclear weapon? which is a game changer, uh, for sure. And this is why uh, throughout the years, they always were very careful. It was always a deterrent that you would never use it, uh, no matter what. And the rules seem to be changing there a little bit, friends. You're hearing a lot more talk about this these, these days. It's almost like we're playing the tape back from the uh, 70s and 80s, you know, when it really was a big concern with the Bay of Pigs and all that had transpired with the Soviet Union back then, you know. Uh, so uh, President Biden has not been a real good, strengthful uh, uh, foreign policy president. Uh, he is, uh, this is not his strength. It's not his wheelhouse, in other words. And we knew that coming in. He was part of the package when America elected him, if they did indeed truly did it in office. It was part of the package. It was Robert Gates, who, of course, came out with that famous saying that said uh, pretty much uh, he was wrong in every foreign policy decision he's ever been involved with. In fact, he was one of the cats, one of the very, very few in the parade who did not want to go after uh, Osama bin Laden. Uh, you might recall that he was he was one of the singular cats who uh, was apprehensive. Of course, it was a daring mission. But anytime we put our special operations or military uh, in that position, it's always going to be a very daring mission. But these people, they are, they are the, the best of the best, the creme de la creme. They are the specialists at what they do, friends. Uh, so, so President Biden, how he's played into this has been a very, very big factor indeed. Uh, now, I think what's on a lot of our minds is this Russia war. How does it end? I mean, we know how it began. How does it end? And we've talked consistently about uh, a potential uh, exit ramp. Is there a, an exit strategy? 
for Vladimir Putin. And a lot of the professionals in Washington and the Pentagon are seeing this as well, and they're starting to say the same things. How do we find an exit ramp for Vladimir Putin uh, without going to the unthinkable? Uh, and then we've been funded, of course, this war. Many people are suggesting we're stretching it out, and that is a good place to start right now. Uh, let's bring on Ilana Friedman right now. Ilana, this is actually, I, I haven't talked to you about this, and I really do want your opinion on this. Uh, you know, I get a lot of different reports in our circles here, uh, people who believe that uh, the Biden administration and the Democrat Party specifically is attempting uh, to... Uh, uh, really the military industrial complex that they're in, in full play right now and they are not only stretching the war out with russia but encouraging it you know many times war is used as a distraction it has been historically and politically in our history it has been used that way a lot of people of course get rich happy and fat as well with these wars let's be sure uh, but it has been used as a distraction many many times uh, to uh, to distract from the bad policies at home domestically that was a big concern of mine coming into the election but yet it hadn't happened yet what is your sense of that with russia and the biden administration all this transpired wow malcolm that is a very sad statement isn't it you know americans we're standing on the edge of an abyss and our national policy, which is to say the policies of the Biden administration are about to push us over and not just America, Biden's policies have set the world on edge and they've damaged the economies of virtually every country in the world. So what we're facing now is something that is so deeply disturbing because you know, it's like being on the razor edge. You can fall one way or you can fall the other way. The good news is we have an election coming up, but the midterm election has already been compromised by fraudulent early votes and unreliable polls. Um, and we're not getting anything to assure us that this election is going to um, be managed with integrity. Um, and then, of course, we have the runaway inflation and the wars that you're talking about. Um, the reason that we are so deeply involved, there are some good reasons for being involved in supporting Ukraine. But it, the reason that you mentioned isn't one of them. Um, the idea that that we would um, participate in a war in order to distract from what's going on at home um that that's that's sick well well let me ask you now is, is that what's happening well it may be what's happening i you know i don't i i have no access to the inner chambers of the democrat party but hmm. but it seems to me that they're pulling out all the stops and anything that works that they think is going to work is what they'll do and it doesn't matter who gets hurt and it doesn't matter um uh you know what the what the fallout is going to be as long as they remain in power and as long as they have access to the wealth that they've accumulated over the years because uh, they have that power. Well, let me ask you this very difficult question here is uh, looking back right now is a barometer and with the way the Biden administration has played Russia and Ukraine. If we were to look back, uh, hindsight is always twenty twenty, of course, but let's look back right now. What are they doing? Have they done anything right? But putting that aside, what, how would how would you have played? How could we have played this differently? How could have America? What should we have done? And what would have changed where we're at right now, Ilana? 
Well, first of all, I don't think we could have done anything differently with regards to Putin, except to have what we had before, which was a very, very strong president and a very strong um, uh, government in Washington that would, to some extent, support what he wanted to do. And he did a lot uh, with his personal uh, interactions with individuals overseas, with the lead, different leaders. But during his presidency, we were not involved in a war anywhere. You're talking about? I'm talking about Donald Trump. Trump, of course. Yes. Yeah. And uh, once we, um, once, once, which is ironic, by the way, because he was the one before he ever got into office. They were taking bets in Vegas that we'd blow the freaking world up. Uh, yes. So that is ironic, isn't it? I mean, they really thought this guy was going to be getting, especially the way, you know, Rocket Man, you know, Elton John, Rocket Man. No, 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 no. I mean, he would call that, oh, yeah, with, uh, you know, uh, little uh, with uh, Kim Jong-un. And he would call these names. He had a name for everybody. And people thought, this guy is a freaking lunatic. I mean, he's going to get us into wars. But it was actually that tough love and being fearless, which is kind of what Reagan played to, is really was more of a deterrent, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think fearlessness is really what it's about because he was not afraid yeah, to go yeah. at, in front of these people who could have been very, very dangerous adversaries and make sure that they understood that he was willing to do anything. And in fact, you know, on your website, there is an article that I wrote a couple of years ago about a war that we almost had with uh, Iran. Um, and it didn't happen because he put up such a show of strength that the the Ayatollah backed down. Right. Uh, it happened in the middle of one night, and everything was it was over mm -hmm. um, because he showed strength. And I think one of the things that's happening now, and if there's anything that Biden could have done differently, he could. I don't think he was capable of it, but if he could have done differently, was to show strength to Putin when he was building up his troops in Russia, in uh, Belarus rather. And he was building them up and he said, oh, we're not going to do any. These are just exercises and so forth. But those of us who saw what was going on and who understand the the, uh, the Russian mentality, which is very, very different from ours, uh, we knew that this was was pretext, mm -hmm. that he was, in fact, going to invade at some point. And when the time came, he did. And he expected that war to be over in five or six days. He did not expect any resistance from the Ukrainians. And mm. now it's been eight months and they're still at war. Ukrainians are putting up a hell of a fight and uh, we're helping them. And that is what I want to say uh, about what Biden got right. Uh, at the beginning, he didn't want to help and he didn't want to provide them with MIGs and he didn't want to do, you know, this and that. And eventually he came he came around and he started providing them with with small weapons and then bigger weapons and then planes. And uh, we have seen what we saw at the beginning of this war was the total destruction of a civilization in mm -hmm. Ukraine. Mm -hmm. The the Russians came in and they they didn't they were not selective. Well, they were selective. They selected civilian areas. They selected apartment buildings and schools and museums and 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 um, uh, hospitals. And they bombed the living daylights out of them. And they simply destroyed anything. And when their soldiers came on the street, they killed anybody they wanted to kill. And they raped little children. And they, they the, the, their behavior was so atrocious. This was the destruction of an entire country, or it would have been had they been allowed 
to continue. And we have been com not complicit, but we have ignored um, holocausts before. We have the things we 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 ignored and did not stop the Holocaust in Europe in the 1940s, and we did not stop the uh, uh, destruction of hundreds of thousands of people in Rwanda or in Chechnya or even in um, um, northern uh, northern Syria. And it took us a long time before we finally got around to even acknowledging that it was going getting on, uh, that it was going on. And now uh, we had the opportunity to step in when another total annihilation of a people was about to happen. And we did step in and I think we did the right thing. And I, I think that, you know, it's very, it's very potential, Ilana, that, um, the overplaying of this thing now has gotten off the rails and that uh, we where there, there's a, you know, Putin, how does it end? Well, it could end in a very sad state of affairs, especially if he keeps losing these particular strategic areas and they keep, they keep playing ping pong. Ukraine discovers, brings some of them back in. They take them, they lose them, fight. And in the meantime, people are dying all over the place. And this thing extends out. Putin doesn't care. He's now drafting everybody that is breathing in Russia. They're being forced. In fact, people are leaving the country. I don't know if you see this in intelligence, but they're leaving in droves and young men are leaving. They don't want nothing to do with Russia. You seeing that as a problem too? Oh yeah. Uh, he has, he has drafted 300,000 yeah. uh, yeah. uh, recruits or, or, or I guess they're in reserves and a hundred thousand of them have already left the country. Right. They're running out every door they can find. And, and this is something, you know, that, that I don't think Putin ever expected. Putin is, is a, a megalomaniac. He is, you know, he considers himself at the top of his world and he wants to uh, emulate uh, Frederick the Great. And and he is not he he wants to be, you know, in the in the footsteps of the actually of the 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 former czars and except for a rebuilt Soviet Union. And he does. I, I think um, that he really does not have the mental capacity anymore to think clearly i think he has uh you know my 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 guess on this is um he is said to have uh, inoperable cancer and that it may have affected his brain but it it has gone he has gone so far off the rails what is the good business model for destroying the thing you're trying to um, mm -hmm. attached to your country. And, and that's what he's doing is completely demolishing anything that is viable in Ukraine. If he can, this is something that I, I don't understand because I don't think that way, but I think what he thinks is he will have Ukraine at all costs and it doesn't matter how many people he kills and it doesn't matter how much of the country he destroys. If he can add it to Russia, as uh, in his effort to rebuild mm -hmm. the Soviet Union and leave a legacy for himself, he will do it. And the cost is no deterrent. So if you were to make a prediction on, on Russia, and I'm seeing many experts, I was just reading through a lot of people, uh, experts who say how they think it's going to end. If you were to make Ilana's prediction, how it's going to end, uh, what would that be? Well, this is what I think is most likely to happen. 
the what he's doing now by threatening a nuclear attack, some kind. He, the, what the, the first piece of intelligence that I heard uh, a few days ago was that he was planning to deploy a tactical nuke into the Black Sea as a demonstration that he is willing to use nukes. Mm -hmm. That's that was the first thing, and then. Uh, I think what probably is going to happen is that he he may like he may likely do this. Um, the prediction at the time was uh, from the, my intelligence sources was that it would happen within the next two weeks or so. And then if he does that, NATO is going to see the NATO countries are going to see this as a real threat to them. Mm -hmm. And so I think they will rush the um, admission of Ukraine into NATO, and then they will be able to use a, a, a much larger deterrent force to Russia. Uh, that's what I think is most likely to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there are a lot of moving yeah. pieces in this. And so it's hard to say that this is absolutely going to happen. Right. But right. This is this would be my best guess that NATO, yeah. NATO will ultimately get involved and Putin will be pushed back. Well, if NATO's involved, NATO then we could be in real trouble then, because now we have certain commitments in NATO and then the United States is pulled in immediately. You know? Yes. And, and as I say, I don't think the United States has any kind of real strategy in this. Um, I think they're playing it by ear. And, and you know, uh, let me close a loop yes. that I started to talk about uh, and got distracted. Uh, it's an important loop. And I'm thinking about that Biden cabal I started to express to you a moment ago, Alana, in regards to the Obama Bright administration, the people there. Right. Yeah. Uh, all of those who are running the, the farm here I mean, they're the same sort of people that are running this thing and almost as a third a term of, of Obama. This, these are people, and we see it now in every shape and form of our lives, who clearly uh, want a uh, the United States to be part of a globalist community. They're looking for a, I mean, this is where you get the World Economic Forum, you get the United Nations, you're getting the, the uh, uh, WHO, World Health, all these groups are pulling in. And a lot of power is starting to be centralized in the world and uh, on the globe. Very, very frightening, actually, which is a direct threat to America first. It's a direct threat to MAGA to make America great again. It's a direct threat to uh, patriots everywhere, this concept. Now, the Biden administration and all the policies they put forth are clearly globalist. This is the way they think. In fact, if you look at the decisions, Alana, this man and this administration made early on, and taken everything was toward a globalist decision. The United States, and, and this really was painful for people like me and, and others <clears throat> who are patriots, clearly. We noticed he we, we the United States was starting to sit in the back seat of all these decisions. And I noticed it early, early on when he took office that there were a lot of things that we would have never been in the back seat with it with a strong presidency. Uh, and but we were in the backseat on the decisions. We became just one of the club or one of this or one of that with a group of people. Oh, we'll have to consult with those. And I started seeing that time after time early on in the administration it was it was a direct correlation to the fact that we're in trouble and we're in a movement to make us a globalist, uh, you know, unity, uh, unity, unified the globalist and they're empowered. And of course, COVID played a lot to that and all of that. You take Biden now in the administration, Alana. 
this is a guy who never did want foreign policy. He does. I don't think he cares about foreign policy specifically, other than he and his family have made a lot of money in it. Uh, they've become ultimately very, very wealthy with these foreign deals. But I think as far as the country goes, he doesn't see the United States as a leader any more than Obama did. That's why Obama apologized for the United States every which time way he could. And now this global. So I think what's happened is Biden, when I talk about how he's played this thing, he played it as a globalist. He let others make the decisions. And we just sort of went along to get along in the backseat of the car. There was no strength there. There was no there was no Ronald Reagan esque moment. It wasn't far from that. Uh, it was go along to get along. And I think this is because, because of the ideology, Alana, is what I'm suggesting, because the ideology of these people, the administration, and I think it's part and parcel why Biden doesn't really give a rat's ass about foreign policy other than lining their own pockets of the family, which they've done very, very well, as most of these political cats, both left and right, have done in Washington, these bastards. Uh, they surely do it very well. And I think this is a core of the problem right now, back to Russia and China and Iran, three the axis of evil we're talking about today. I think he's looking at us as just a player in the parade of sea of of countries i don't that's why we're not being elevated to the top there's a globalist shift happening in our world and we are part of it we're being pushed well we're really alana aren't we being pushed kicking and screaming into a into a new world environment right global reset new world order whatever the hell you want to call it yeah absolutely and that I, makes I, sense I, to you that what i pull out there absolutely makes sense if you remember before Obama became president or right at the beginning of his presidency, mm -hmm. he promised to fundamentally change America. And you have to remember that he was a disciple of Saul Alinsky, the anarchist, who said the first thing you do is to you dismantle the uh, the, the infrastructure of democracy and then you and you make it weak enough so that you can install the power structure in the government to take over the lives of the people that you govern. So you mean you knock down like statues and you 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 all right you, of that. All you of kill that. you woke you indoctrinate is that what you mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, look what happened. None of these people got uh, got arrested or 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 You mean you burn your cities and loot and call it all racism okay. and all of that, yeah? As long as you're you're on the Democrat side is or the the leftist side, but look what happened July, I mean January sixth, people are still languishing in jail without trial two years later. Yeah, and that is against every single constitutional guarantee for for due process, for speedy trials, for um, guarantee right. against. You know, it is horrendous, and and yeah. yet. It's happening. And this is part of the plan. The other thing is, look, they just um, vote. The Democrats just voted for uh, installing 87,000 new IRS, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, not auditors, but agents who can be armed. And they some of them will be, not all of them. But, you know, That's frankly, Ilana, and we've reported on this in America a lot, a great deal, our experts have, uh, most of the government agencies now, most all of them, by the way, are all armed. That's something we've noticed. It's been talked about. There's a whole litany of government agencies that are armed now today. You know that. Uh, well, I wrote about it in my last article. There you go. Website. There you go. And I, I, I talked about 
how many, I mean, why would anybody arm the agents of NOAA? <laughs> NOAA, NOAA is a weather agency. What do they need guns for? Right. What And why does the IRS need guns? This is, this is absurd and obscene. All right. And it is, it is going to be our downfall if we do not stop it. And the only yeah. way to stop it at this point, in my opinion, is to vote the bastards out. Right, right, right. But but the last thought on this, and I want to shift to China in a moment after the pause here, but the, the last big thing I make the point of the globalists, I mean, that really is the, um, the, the point here. I'm thinking that a lot of the things that are happening to the way Biden is playing foreign policy is committed around the globalist one world kumbaya, a unified uh, bunch of dipsticks. Uh, that they're putting together right now that we're fighting against. We're fighting uh, people who love our country, uh, people like me who are patriots who bleed red, white, and blue. Uh, we're fighting this every hour of every day, uh, kicking and screaming the other way. But they're 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 trying to push us. They're shifting us into these new geopolitical winds of just being on the back seat of the car. I mean, isn't that really the brass taxes here? What's going on? Yeah, I think so. And I I I. Uh, but but in in to to leave the subject with a little bit of a, a little bit of hope, what I see is a a a groundswell of um, of people who are vehemently opposed to what's going on. I mean, look what you, you didn't mention this yet, but but look what's happening to our children who are being mutilated by by woke policy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is there is so much going. Well, that on. was part. But you said perfectly moments ago. You nailed it. That was part of the transformation they promised of the nation, Delana. That's and right. that was part of Alinsky, uh, 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 Saul Alinsky, which you also nailed perfectly. And by the way, that wasn't just uh, Obama's uh, mentor. It was Hillary Clinton. It was the whole Clinton regime yes. and all of that business. So we we've had a bit of indoctrination of this over the last twenty five years in our country, is what I'm saying. And now yeah. the results are we see all the woke policy and everything else taking place, but you're exactly right. You're exactly right the way you put it out there. Let me make one more forecast before we leave the subject. Um, and that is that if the Republicans are not successful in this election because of perceived um, mm -hmm. fraud and, and illegal acts yeah. um, that turn, turn the elections um, in favor of the Democrats and keep who will then keep the um, the, the majority in Congress, uh, if that does not happen, I think this country is going to dissolve into some sort of uh, chaos on the streets. I, I think there are too many people now who are absolutely fed up with what's been going you on. You mean, if you're, you're saying, hold on, let me make sure, you're saying if election fraud does happen, that's going to be the chaos, you mean, after? That is what's going to cause the right. chaos. Right, and it's right, not going to be like right. it was before, it, right? Because because the people on the right don't don't burn and loot. Right. That's not there. That's right. but this, I think we may see a, 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 the outbreak of a civil war. Yeah, and, yeah. And that is what I see as most likely to happen. Well, it's, I don't know that it's a civil war. It's probably more of a revolutionary of a revolution, war two point yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I said I said that. I don't think this is against brother against sister here in the in in our country. I think it's about brother and sister against big ass government. Well, it's more than that because the government the the government has all of its foot soldiers out there in the streets, and they're the ones who burn and loot and and murder cops and and uh, 
and and knock old ladies over in the street because they they don't well they've allowed it though they've allowed it with the woke culture and the entire this is what's allowed this is that's uh, right but these are anarchists these are people who don't want law and order and the people on the right are are law and order americans and they're to continue so i think i think it may be a civil war rather than a revolution but it's also a revolution against the government as it stands today because the government is so corrupt and so un Complete, co- completely un-American. Yeah, yeah. That well, I, I think some Americans may be swept into it, but I, I would disagree with you. I think it's a revolutionary war we'd have next. I don't think it's a civil. I, I'm not feeling that. Uh, I don't think it's that moment that we're going to fight each other in the streets. But I think there is a moment to hold in those accountable. Now, but listen, I say that, but then I say also the people who make up the government are still people, right? They're still we the people. They're representatives of ours that we've sent to Washington to represent us. But whatever's happening, but here's here's the bulletin. Let, let me let me even cut through all this nonsense here and say this. I I don't feel that's going to happen now. I, I, I Let me just also say a couple of thoughts to you all, and, and a lot of you are listening to me here a moment too. I, I'm not seeing that. I don't think, I, my gut tells me we're not really looking at a civil or revolutionary war at this point. I'm not, I'm not, all of a sudden, I'm not feeling that. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Um, I think the winds are blowing uh, uh, pretty hard the other way. And I think the Democrat Party knows it. I don't see this coming to the moment. Everybody's worried about the trickery and the election and the fraud and the ballot harvesting and all the things that took place in whatever capacity it did. But this was using COVID as a, as a model to be able to uh, rob the uh, rob the uh, the ballots. You know, really is what t- took place. I don't, I don't, I'm not seeing that. You, you don't have the same oppression with COVID. You can't really use that in the same way you did when everybody was in lockdown mode and psychologically twisted uh, with fear. We've sort of come out of that and people are pretty awake right now. Uh, they, they see what's happening. Now, I can assure you right now, my fellow Americans, people are going to be watching these polls very, very carefully. In fact, there are states that are being monitored very closely all over the place, especially red states, even blue states. They're watching. They're being monitored heavily for fraud for this sort of a thing. I don't think the left, I think they're in trouble. They're not going to be able to pull the levers and do the kinds of things they did in 2020 and 2016, by the way, which they did not anticipate losing to Donald Trump. They really thought Hillary was going to take that. They were shocked at the uprising. See, back to the same thing I'm talking about here. The uprising and the swell in America overtook their forecast because the same fraud happened in 2016. They happened in 2020. 2020 was more pronounced because of COVID, and it was easy for them to do that. I think what's happening now is I think the left has put themselves in a pretty big hole at this point. And, that, and, and I think I'm going to go with this forecast myself. I think it's going to undermine now and be the final hooray. I, I think the, the, the not to be uh, smart ass here, but the fat lady in the Democrat Party is going to be singing very soon. I'm pretty sure of it. I think they're coming to the end of their existence as the party that they were. The infight and they've had all the other things going on there with the with the squad and the AOCs and the far left extremists and the Bernie Sanders and the socialism and the communism and the intake of Soros, the DAs, the street burning, all of this stuff is connected people, let's be sure. The globalist movement, the fact that America is kicking and screaming right now. You see, we got this thing down pat now. We know what's taking place. Everybody's eyes are wide open. They're going to be watching those polls. They're not going to be able to get away with the same trickery. 
I don't see that happening. And if they do, they will get a foot so far up the left foot, or so far up the right side of their ass, they'll be screaming, whistling Dixie for months and years to come. There, that will be another horse of a different color. I don't know that we're going to go there. I think they're in reverse right now. They know they're losing. They know they're going to lose big time. I don't really want to call it red waves and red tsunamis and red this and red that. I want to call it, as I always say to you, my fellow Americans, it is time for an American wave. That's what I am looking for. Please, God almighty. I'm looking for an American wave. I'm looking for patriots, independents, moderates, left of center, Democrats, Republicans come together and tell the Marxists to go to hell and the globalist movement. We are not playing your game. We are interested in securing our nation for the next many generations for our grandkids and our kids and our life. And that's exactly the score here. Does everybody hear me loud and clear? Is that about as out loud as I can make it, please? And do I have an amen? Yeah, I hear you all out there. That's exactly it. That's the difference here. That's going to make the difference here. So I'm not feeling a civil or revolutionary war at this moment in time. I don't, I'm not thinking that's going to happen. I think these people, uh, we know who they are. They know we know who they are. Their hands on the ballot box, their greasy, dirty, filthy fingerprints are not going to be uh, not discovered this time. We know who they are. We know what's happening. So we're going to, it's going to be called out. And I don't think they're going to go so far into the cookie jar. And that means I think an American wave happens. And that means, guess what? It's a whole new day in America. And patriots and our constitution come back into the light of day. And my fellow Americans, I am praying that is the case. I am praying that on the 9th and the 10th and the 11th and the 12th and the 14th and the 15th and the 18th and the 20th of November, we can sit before the holidays and sing hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God almighty. We're here, right? As Martin Luther King, free at last, free at last, right? That's what I'm looking for right there. All right. I said my, I said my, uh, my, my piece. I can go home now. All right. That's my, um, rant for the day here and uh i hope you'll take that in your your heart and understand what i mean by that friends at the same time i hope you'll also take into your heart and your soul healthy cell uh if you're not taking healthy cell then you are missing out friends let me just make that very very clear uh, if you're not taking healthy cell you're missing out i don't know how else to put it i mean it, it is an unbelievable product these are micro gels it's not the old chalky vitamin that you put in there so do something for yourself get some healthy cell it's a micro gel the absorption point into your bodies is unbelievable so um, other than the pills you don't get the same absorption this one you do and that's how you do it let this micro gel a little liquid put it right out of the package into your mouth and put a little bit of water whatever it is uh, immune super boost Vitamin C, vitamin D3, zinc, echinacea extract, elderberry extract. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Get it. Take it. Do what I do. Put in a little bit of water or take it right out of the package like, the, like they do on the marathons and just move on with the day. Tastes good. It's all good. And get that into your body, the absorption. Take it every day. In fact, if you really need the help in your body and you, and you need a kick in the backside, take it twice a day. Perfectly safe, legitimate, and it will help you out. Our listeners get 25% off the first order. Got to use the code OUTLOUD, friends, or just click that little banner ad back at americaoutloud.com. Now, I love the immune super boost. I love the focus and recall. That's got a tangerine orange chase. 
taste the immune super boost has more of a berry taste it, it doesn't matter i'm just saying they taste fine it's not like it's filet young or lobster or something doesn't really matter right it's helping your body out healthy immune system you feel good and you're ready to help save our nation and that's what we need there friends uh, so I love the focus and recall helps with brain fog, long COVID, fantastic stuff. Helps us stay sharp and witty and out loud style. And the other one I love is REM sleep. I was telling Peter McCullough the, the other day there on Pulse, uh, I took that two, three times last week because I needed some sleep. I needed my body to chill and my out loud clock get, comes off and it says to me, Malcolm, you need to chill. You need to stop it. And, you know, because I overdo it. And then I realized you're, you have to listen to your body your body will talk to you. And I won't tell you what mine tells me sometimes, but in any event, it told me that those times to start taking this uh, sleep, uh, REM sleep. It's it's wonderful stuff. It's very natural, but it, it, it relaxes you uh, and just it, where you're really getting your, it's about the, um, your, your 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 clock. We wake up too early in the morning sometimes and our body, our minds stop moving too quickly. We're not getting the proper rest, in other words. So anyways, that's the way you do that, friends. I recommend Healthy Cell big time and uh, that's why I take it and I hope you do as well. We'll take a quick pause and uh, we'll rejoin it. We'll have Ilana Friedman back on. If I didn't scare her away, I think she might still be around here. Uh, stay right there, friends. More Voice of a Nation in just a moment. Listen to Malcolm, the voice of a nation, on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Make sure you go to our website and check the banner bars. The banner bars to the sponsors, when you click on them, automatically give you a discount on products. I like especially Healthy Cell REM Sleep Supplement for a great night's sleep. I took it last night. No wonder I feel so good today. Check out Healthy Cell and go to our website, Banner Bar, to get a discount off your first purchase. Let's get real, let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. 
MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com where we're healing America one person at a time. No, you didn't scare me away. <laughs> Glad you can say that to listeners. Yeah, that's it. You hear right there Alana's voice. You're welcome back to the voice of a nation. It is indeed Malcolm out loud here. We had to make it hot right there. You heard Alana come back and say, You didn't scare me away. All right, that's good, Alana. That's good. Um, well, listen, you you heard my uh, response uh, before the, um, the, the, the pause there. And I really believe what I said. I, I meant what I said. I said what I meant, like Dr. Seuss does, you know, it's my favorite author. And um, and I, I do believe, I don't believe that, I, I think they're, uh, they know, we know that we're on to them. And they're well aware of it, Alana. They're not, they're going to be very careful how far they stick their hands into the cookie jar this time. We're all over this thing on the election. Everybody's watching everything. I don't think it's going to be the level of what we've seen over the last couple of elections, Election integrity have become a real thing in our nation, and we've got to see. But I think we're falling. I think the Democrat Party is self-imploding. Uh, I think not the Democrats we know and love, not those people who we invite in here. I'm talking about the Marxist people who have swallowed the party whole and the people who are pushing us into a globalist kumbaya movement, Ilana, which I've already shared with you. And that includes, by the way, not just the Bidens, but that includes the Mitch McConnells of the world. You understand? He's, he's as guilty as the rest of them are, right? Yeah, yes, he is. Uh, I, I uh, just, just to qualify a point, what I was saying was that if the elections turn out to be fraudulent. Right. We, we've already seen a little bit of that start so with the early early ballots. But if that happens, and if the Democrats win because they have that advantage, mm -hmm. that is when we will start to see this um, um, anger flowing on. Oh, I, th I don't think you're wrong. I don't yeah. think you're wrong. And the, it, it, that, there's a lot of ifs it. there, though. If, it, a lot of, it's a big if, Ilana, a big that's if. Right. Well, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. I, I I maybe have less faith. Well, what do you say when I well put the faith aside a moment? But when I talk about when I make this statement, and just answer me honestly, when I make a statement about, and I, I've been telling listeners this on my heart for a while now, when I make the statement of an American way, I, I'm tired of talking red and blue politics and Republicans, Democrats. They're all freaking corrupt, Alana. Okay, all right. Yes. I'm talking about an American wave. I'm talking about people standing up. Uh, our listeners are yours truly here and saying, you know what, this is the way forward now uh, in looking the gift that our framers gave us. That's what I'm speaking about here. Uh, people, because I think then you attract moderates, independents, left of center, JFK, Do Blue Dogs, all of those people. They're welcome into this American tent. They're part of our family here. You know what I mean by an American wave? Oh, yes. And I agree with you. And I think that's happening. There is a tremendous Amen. groundswell of of patriotism uh, throughout America, maybe not in California, but in other places. Um, and by the way, did you see that there is a a, a new California that's forming? That wants yes, to I've been seeing that. What's going on there? Do you know? Well, I don't. I, I'm I'm very eager to see what happens next. They took okay. the first step, and uh, well, they've and, been talking about it a lot for years now. There are uh, like five plans to make five different Californias, for God's sake, you know. And, yeah. uh, well, this you know. this one has actually taken the first legal step, so we'll see what happens. Well, people are fed up with the Marxist, uh, uh, you know, policies. Are. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 
And yet there are people in California who go along with it. I have family out there. And oh, they yeah. think that's, I got uh, friends out there that I, I don't know what's going on. I mean, uh, what kind of cornflakes are eating in the mornings anymore? I'm not yeah, even sure. Exactly. And I love them, but they're out of their flipping minds. All right, yeah. let's talk about now. Let's move from all of that because in playing into geopolitical and the election and what's going to take place here in very short time now, Alana, uh, we, you've made some predictions. We've talked about Russia. We get all of that. We've talked about the election and the policies. Let's talk about now and where China fits into the geopolitical strategy, the axis of evil playing into our elections here. But China is really very coy, is the, probably the word I'd use. They're very, very coy in how they play things. Xi Jinping just got re-elected and nominated to be the emperor of the emperor of the uh, of the uh, uh <laughs> Whatever of the uh, yeah. you know cesspool, whatever the hell he's got out there, and uh, they're on a uh, they're on a path of something out there. You see, what what are the latest developments there? Uh, in summary, well, what, what the the fact that he has been elected to an unprecedented third term uh, is is a something, and then at the very last session, just before it closed, the the person he succeeded who was sitting right next to him was forcibly removed from the venue. Oh, forcibly. interesting. Okay. And this is, you see, the, the Chinese, Chinese uh, po politics, the Chinese way of thinking is very, is based on symbol and is based on, on um, remember there used to be a thing that, uh, about saving face. That was all about the way China looked at the rest of the world. China considered itself to be, for way, way, we're talking going back thousands of years to imperial China, the beginning of imperial China. China considered itself the center of the world. She considers that he has gotten, he has received the mantle from heaven, and this gives him the ability and the authority to essentially rule the world. And that is his aim. That's his ambition. And this is something that is he considers to be his inheritance. Yeah. And yeah. so he is going to be, I think, now that he has been elected to this third yeah. term, he is going to be much more aggressive. He's going to demand the respect that he thinks he's due. And um, I'm, I'm now writing a book about all this. Okay. Um, okay. And it's it's very, very interesting, the things that I have learned. And one of the things that I've learned is we do not understand them at all. Right. And our foreign policy is so far removed from what might be effective with Xi Jinping. Right, right. Um, and, and so if we don't understand them, the purpose is the book of the book is to help them understand right, it. But right. also, well, let me ask you, what, is yeah. it safe to say that, that uh, Xi, Xi Jinping and the CCP, they surely want another uh, Biden presidency. They want uh, the Marxist left in power here. Is that safe, right? Oh, absolutely. Because they see Biden is weak. They, and don't forget, Biden did business with them. They, he is bought and sold. Right. You know, he he can't do anything to them because they have all of this information about him, about all of his illegal activities with China, you know, between between him and Hunter. Well, when uh, it comes to a Yeah. When it comes to a chessboard of foreign players, the only thing uh, Joe Biden has ever succeeded in is making cash for his family. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and they see this. And there's another thing about Chinese uh, the Chinese approach to life. And that is that when they look at war, 
and and war can be symbolic as well as uh, as as real for them. Uh, they're not concerned about necessarily a frontal victory. They are concerned about not being surrounded by their enemy. It's a well, John, what you're speaking about, I think, and let me say this, I, I, China is, they are very, very, very good, as a lot of the cats in the Middle East are, in playing the long game. We do not play the long game here as, at, at all, Ilana. Well, I used to say that their view of, uh, of history was what's going to happen a thousand years from now. And our view of history, uh, I'm sorry, of, of, um, of uh, long range thinking is what is going to be a thousand years from now. And our view of what of long range thinking is what's for lunch tomorrow. No, no, yeah, I would, I would hear you, but I would almost disagree and say our version of uh, long term thinking is the next election, Ilana. I don't think we think that far ahead, frankly. But well, I think the politicians do. It's all about getting reelected, is how they play to. So our leaders are not going long term. Yeah, yeah, go on. Sorry. Yeah. Well, you might be right. I don't know. So, so with China and with the election itself, um, with this American wave now that is on our doorstep potentially, how does uh, China react? Because let me say here now, there's a very small window. Uh, between that midterm and 2024. You're going to see the candidates start to line up for the president after the election. In early 23, you're going to start to have people announcing they're running because it takes a long time to run for president. It's not something you do quickly. And you're going to start to see the candidates align. And we're going to start talking about the general election in, in 2024. Right. So how does that play into it? Well, first of all, um, they're very happy to have Biden in in the presidency because they they feel they can control him. And the second thing is that they are already interfering in our election and they're trying through their. Well, you know, I was thinking of that a moment ago, actually, yeah. before you said it, they've got to have their hands pretty well, big time into interfering right now in many ways. Right. In our election, because they they want what they know what they want. They, yes, absolutely. And yeah. and so that's yeah. why I am less optimistic about the elections than you are. But well, that's more of a threat, I think, than than the other part. I, I do think that is a legitimate threat uh, with China. And, and, and finally, let's get a word in on Iran. Uh, that's a, that's really the wild card here, Ilana, in my version. That's the wild card is Iran. And what happens, nuclear weapon or not, Israel sits right there. How does that play into all this with the election? Well, recently there was something, um, a conference for, um, that was run by the Shanghai Cooperation Organization. And Russia and China, and of course China, and uh, Iran were all there. And they made a kind of informal alliance, the three right. of them. That's right. So Iran, we are told, is supplying Russia with suicide drones. Drones, right. What they right. call them, that Russia is using in Ukraine. Now, having said that, and it, when it came out in the press, um, China immediately denied it. Mm -hmm. The problem with this alliance, first of all, the the obviously, the, if there is an alliance between they these three, this is what you you know you call an unholy alliance or the the new uh, axis of evil, mm -hmm. because they are all evil. They do not care what happens to their people. They murder them at will, and uh, all three. All three countries, they're, right. they're hard, but they're evil, evil, evil. But um, the, the problem, China has had a great problem 
having any alliance with anybody historically. Right. And whatever alliance they had, uh, for example, Mao Zedong mm -hmm. tried to make an alliance with Stalin. Right. And it worked for a very short period of time, but they finally it finally broke because they couldn't agree. So the question right now is, does this realignment have, we don't know right now, we can't answer this, but what will the impact and the effect be of this new axis of evil, uh, Russia, China, and Iran? It's something we'll have to keep working with, uh, Ilana, and see how it develops. Yes, uh, but one of the things that we should be concerned about is that as long as it lasts, it's, it creates a very great danger for the world. Because yeah. if this is true that China, for example, is providing suicide drones for uh, for Russia in Ukraine, uh, what's going to happen when China attacks, uh, and they will, uh, attacks Taiwan? Because mm -hmm. they want Taiwan to be part of China. Right, they right. don't want it to be a Democrat yeah. country. A yeah. democratic country. So uh, yeah. what happens? Who's going to what sides are, are these countries going to take? Are we going to be fighting just China or are we also going to be fighting uh, Russia? Um, and and will Iran take that opportunity to attack New York, as they promised, or to attack Israel and, and, and well, try to annihilate it? All right. This is why uh, the geopolitical realignment of things we're talking about, the axis of evil, are so important and why they do play into the election. So where I started today, Alana, I will end and suggest to you that this is why it is so imperative that people consider the things we're talking about today. Uh, they do absolutely play into this. And I think on the underlying point of this, I, I think is a major point I attempted to make a couple of times today, is it is all part of the globalist movement to take America. America, kicking and screaming and what have you into the new world order, Ilana. Interesting conversation today to get you to think outside the lines a little bit, friends, in the geopolitical world, our elections here. And again, let's leave you with some hope and uh, uh, opportunity and speak about an American way. When the chips are down in our nation, and they have been many times before, it is true red, white, and blue-blooded Americans always stand to support our nation and stand tall in honor of our country. I believe it will happen once again, my friends. We will not run in the face of tyranny. We will face it head on here. Thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America. Mm -hmm.